0: going on everyone welcome to the downtown brown town podcast i am your host jake brown otherwise known as downtown brown please make sure to follow me on twitter and instagram at downtown underscore brown on twitter and at instagram and on instagram at downtown underscore brown 33 this week's episode gonna be pretty standard Uh, we'll talk about the bucks win over the atlanta hawks Wednesday nights, getting them their sixth win in a row, um, followed by a brief overview of the other three games this week, all three of those being wins. So the Bucks 4-0 since our last podcast, uh, that hasn't happened in a little bit of time. And then um, we will also talk about um, the upcoming schedule for the Bucks. look at the Eastern Conference standings. Uh, just kind of look ahead to the playoffs, and then uh, we'll end with who's up and who's down for the week. So, pretty standard episode here, but excited to talk about all things Bucks since things are trending up for the team uh, over the last couple weeks here. So, uh, we'll start with a little bit of Bucks news before we get into the Hawks game. Um, Brooke Lopez has been cleared to play five on five. So, that is a big step in his recovery process. Uh, we've seen Brooke Lopez warming up before games, uh, the last couple games, not the one in um, in Oklahoma City. He didn't travel out there, but he did warm up in Milwaukee before the game against the Hawks. And I think he also warmed up before the Suns game and even the Bulls game as well. So Brooke Lopez is certainly getting closer to a return after not playing since the first game of the season. So uh, I think the target date that people are kind of thinking for Brooke Lopez. This hasn't been reported or anything like that, but March 22nd, uh, a Tuesday night at home against the bulls. I think that's what makes the most sense. Uh, The bucks have now a four game road trip out West um, before that game against the bulls. So I think that would be a, a a time that would make sense if he's ready by then. Um, So just about two weeks from that point. So uh, get ready, Bucks fans. Brooke Lopez should be back in the lineup soon, which is just a great sign. Cannot wait to have him back, see what he can do, and just get his legs under him a little bit so we can get ready for what hopefully will be another long playoff run. Uh, Coach Bud said in his pregame press conference before this Hawks game that Brooke has responded, his body has responded really well to. Uh, the, lim- the five on five reps he's been getting. He's been doing some practices with the Wisconsin herd. So, great news on Brooke Lopez. Uh, hopefully, he will be back in the lineup sooner than later. It's, it's going to be awesome to have him back. It just feels like he hasn't played in ages. So, Brooke Lopez is eyeing a return sooner than later, it looks like, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, other than that, not really much Bucks news to, to discuss. Uh, from an injury perspective, Pat Connaughton is still out with the broken, uh, finger, or right hand or fourth metatarsal in his right hand. Um, again, around a mid March return, mid to late March return for Pat Connaughton is what it seemed like based on, uh, the reporting when he got the surgery. So Again, he could be back for that Bulls game on March 22nd as well. So I think those could time out pretty well with both Pat and Brooke coming back. So uh, hopefully we can hear an update soon on Pat because we haven't gotten one in the last few weeks. Uh, George Hill still out with neck soreness. Uh, It's been over a month at this point. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, It was confirmed that he didn't have neck surgery. I know before the heat game last week that the injury report on Bally Sports Wisconsin's broadcast said that he had neck surgery, but that must have been some sort of a typo. Still neck soreness. So that's obviously a, a sigh of relief. But the fact that he's not back in the lineup yet is very interesting. Um, hopefully he's back soon. But um, it sounded like he was going to return this week. You know, Coach Bud mentioned uh, in one of the games last week that it looked like he was going to eye a return this week. I mean, that's certainly possible. I mean, he'd have to play in the Warriors game coming up because that's the only game we have this this week. Um, but I don't know what's happening there. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he sits out the whole Western Conference road trip, and then maybe he comes back for uh, that game against the Bulls as well. So uh, definitely going to keep an eye out on that one. But the fact that he's been out for a while with neck soreness, I think they're just milking him a little bit. But it's still a little bit concerning. But luckily, Javon Carter has stepped up and played really well for the Bucks and. It, in those in that kind of that george hill role so uh things are looking good for javon carter and then uh we have seen wesley matthews uh be on the injury report he missed the game against the bulls on friday um or what no i think it was a sun's game uh yeah it was a sun's game and then he came back um against oklahoma city only played five minutes but he did get a nice run in the game against the hawks so things are looking good for wesley um, and then Grayson Allen missed the game against the Thunder with hip soreness. He's been battling that really the last few months. I think it's more of a precautionary, like monitoring thing. I don't think it's anything like that happened in that game necessarily. I think the Bucs are just trying to be proactive with some of these nagging injuries that guys have been going through for the last, you know, few weeks or, or whatever. So um, I don't think it's anything necessarily to worry about with Grayson Allen. He did return against the Hawks. So. Uh, I think they're just going to keep an eye on him going forward, but, um, that is it for Bucks news. Um, st- and I guess one more thing to mention, uh, the Bucks did work out Tyreek Evans, I think last week, um, to maybe potentially fill that 15th roster roster spot that they had open. Um, but it doesn't look like they're going to sign him. Uh, I believe golden state is looking at him as well. So, Uh, certainly some other teams are starting to enter the Tyreek Evans sweepstakes Um, I mean I don't think we have to sign him I don't know if it really makes sense at this point so just something to monitor but I don't think the Bucks are going to fill that 15th roster spot just like they didn't do last year um, from both a cap tax perspective and just I don't think any 15th player on the roster is going to is going to get any minute. So, uh, expect that roster spot to be open the rest of the season unless they would convert Mamu's contract to a a full NBA contract, which I mean, they could, but I don't even know if that makes sense at this point either. So something to monitor there, but that is it for bucks news. So let's go ahead and dive into the game against the Hawks here. Um, Bucks win this game 124 to 115 uh, had a really nice start to the game and uh, kind of got interesting, you know, towards the second half, uh, the third quarter bucks that we have seen for most of the season, uh, they came out to play tonight. Uh, they lost the third quarter by seven, their net rating coming into this game in the third quarter was minus 5.8 or something like that. So Um, The Bucs have been losing third quarters by around five to six points all season. And uh, it certainly continued tonight against the Hawks, lost the quarter by seven, and it was a pretty back and forth game, you know, I mean, maybe not back and forth, but the Hawks were keeping it close in the fourth quarter. Uh, They cut it to, you know, five at a couple points. It was at six. The Bucs would then get a couple of shots, get it up to, you know, nine or 10, but the Hawks are just kind of staying in it, but the Bucs were able to close them out in the fourth quarter. They end up winning the quarter by two to win the game by nine. So overall looking at the game here, shooting splits for Milwaukee, 50% from the field, 47 for 94, 34% from three, 12 for 35. That's, that's not great. Uh, free throw line Bucks had the advantage 18 for 23. Um, well, I guess they're basically the same 18 for 23 for the Bucks, 18 for 22 for Atlanta. So, Bucks shot more free throws, but they both made the same amounts. Um, for Atlanta, they shot 50% from the field as well, but only got 86 shot attempts up uh, compared to 94 for the Bucks. So, that's definitely a reason why the Bucks are able to win this one. Three point line, they were 11 for 38. 30 that's 29 percent. bucks were 12 for 35 again so bucks only made one more three-pointer but had a little bit better of a percentage um looking at the rebounding here bucks out rebound the hawks by six in the game 50 to 44 bucks had four more offensive rebounds than the hawks 11 to seven so uh, certainly creating some second chance opportunities which has been a trend as of late uh, especially from guys like Serge Ibaka, who's been really good on the offensive glass over the last few games. He had one offensive rebound in the game. Giannis had three. Bobby Andrew each had two. So nice to see the Bucks creating some second chance opportunities for themselves in this game. Uh, assists 24 for the Bucks for 26 for Atlanta. Bucks had seven steals, Atlanta had six. Bucks had two blocks, the uh, the Hawks had three. So stocks is what they've been calling it now which i really like it's it's a combination of steals and blocks the bucks had nine stocks and the, and the hawks had nine stocks so we are even there turnover battle bucks win this one with only eight turnovers hawks only had nine so nice to see the bucks under double digit turnovers uh, we know that's been uh, a lingering issue um throughout you know the last month or so some games it's been fine like this game against the hawks but some games like against the um, the Phoenix Suns and against the Brooklyn Nets right after the All Star break uh, certainly uh, kept the other teams in these games and for and for the game like the Nets was a big reason why they lost that game so nice to see the Bucks have a, a low turnover amount against um, against the Hawks and that's and and again yeah Bucks win this one by nine so uh, looking at some of the performances for some of the guys tonight. I mean, he got to start with Giannis. He has been just unbelievable. 43 points for Giannis in 37 minutes, 15 for 22 from the field, one of five from three, 12 for 17 from the free throw line, 12 rebounds, five assists, one steal for Giannis. He was fantastic. I mean, the guy puts up 43 points against the Hawks, 39 against the, the Thunder, And also had 34 against the Bulls. I mean, three out of the last four games, Giannis has scored over 34 or more points. Um, It's just, it's unworldly what this guy does night in and night out. Um, He just was fantastic against the Hawks. They don't have any answers for him. I mean, Clint Capella is an undersized center. He can't guard Giannis at all. I mean, Onye- Onyeko Kangwu coming off the bench, he's a nice player. Uh, he, he's got some really good defensive instincts, but he's undersized. He's really like a power forward. He can't guard Giannis. I mean, Giannis just feasts up the Hawks, and we certainly saw that last night. Um, it all starts and ends with him. Uh, I don't love that, he's, that he took five threes in the game. Now, I know he's been shooting better from three a- as of late, but um, he was four for four for three against the Thunder, 0-1 um, against the Suns, 0-2 against the Bulls. So it's been, it's been up and down, but he's had some better games from three as of late. So I don't love five threes. I mean, I think right around two is where I'd like it to be. Um, I think he's been getting a little more uh, trigger happy from the three lately. Um, a lot of that has had to do with just some of these games and and the Bucks just have been dominating. And I think he likes to, you know, get some threes up and try and just work on that shot because you know he's always working on his game. So um, I mean it's it's fine in certain situations, but I don't love the Giannis threes. I'd like it to be closer to two or three two or three attempts in a game versus five, but that's really the only gripe I have on Giannis against the Hawks last night. He was fantastic. I mean, they were following him so much in the game. They just they were trying to, you know, make him beat them at the free throw line. And and twelve for seventeen is pretty solid. So um, I'll take that any day. So Giannis starts and ends with him. Another double double. Uh, he is getting close to being the all time leading scorer in Bucks franchise history. That is crazy to think about. Um, he is around. Um, he's two hundred and thirty two points away or give or take one or two points, but I think he's around 232 points away from breaking Kareem's record, which barring an injury or something like that, this regular season, he will break that record and uh, just add to the legacy of Giannis Antetokounmpo. um, Greatest buck of all time, two MVPs, one finals MVP, defensive player of the year, most improved player, six-time all-star, Six time all NBA. I mean, the guy is just unbelievable. I mean, we we can't take him for granted. I mean, just enjoy every single minute that that you have of watching this guy play because it, it is just truly special. Um, gotta love Giannis. I mean, he's my MVP. Shout out to the Packers. Happy that Aaron Rodgers is back. I love Aaron Rodgers. He's hopefully he can get us another Super Bowl at some point. But Giannis is my MVP, he always will be he's all business. He's all about winning with this Bucks team and he's gotten it done in on the highest level last season. And let's hope that he can do it again. So Giannis, what a game. So excited that he's a buck and just cherish these moments because we're truly witnessing greatness right now. Um, and it's just awesome to watch on a night uh, game by game basis. So great performance by Giannis. Chris Middleton, 23 points, th- 36 minutes for him, nine for 17 from the field, two of six from three, eight assists, three rebounds. Uh, good game for Chris. I mean, he didn't really stick out in a lot of ways. Uh, he started slow, didn't get his first back basket until around six and a half minutes left in the second quarter, um, but he really exploded after that point. I think he finished the first half with 11 points then and then uh, hit some nice baskets later on in the game to help the Bucs clinch this win. He has certainly had a really, really good stretch of games over really the last uh, two months. I mean, his February was a little hit or miss, but he had a really good January, uh, which helped him propel him into being an all-star this season. Um, But this March, he has been fantastic. I mean, obviously the 44-point game against the Suns was his season high. I mean, 16 for 27 from the field in that game. Five of nine from three, hit some big time shots in that game. Uh, looked like the Chris Middleton who scored 40 points against uh, the same Phoenix Suns team in game four of the NBA finals last year. Uh, vintage Chris Middleton performances are, are something to watch. Um, we certainly saw one Sunday afternoon in Pfizer form against the, against the Phoenix Suns. So, um, And even in that Bulls game, he had a really, really big shot or no, I was at the heat game. Sorry. It was the heat game where he hit that, uh, that pull up three to put the bucks down by one. Um, But I mean, he's had a a nice week as well, you know, 22 points in the bulls game. um, And then against the thunder, he had 25. So Chris Middleton is, is certainly playing well in March. He's averaging over 30 points a game. Obviously it helps having that 44 point game against the suns. And we've only played what five games in March Um, at this point, so, um, yeah, so yeah, five games. So, um, really good stuff from Chris Middleton again, against the Hawks and, uh, just nice to see him picking it up. You know, a lot of bucks fans get really concerned with Chris pretty much year over year. He has a big slump where it just looks like he doesn't look interested on the court. Sometimes his defense is lackluster at best. He's missing shots that he would normally make and uh, forcing a lot of not sorry, not forcing a lot of turnovers, but uh, just turning the ball over a lot. So um, it's just the Chris Middleton experience. You know, I think every year this is going to happen at some point in time for a few weeks, maybe a month tops where he just doesn't look like the player player that he normally is. But you know what? Chris Middleton deserves all the respect from these Bucks fans after what he did in the playoffs last year, and we cannot forget that because it was truly special what Chris Middleton did, Um, and he's certainly capable of doing it again this season. So Bucks fans try to keep a level head with Chris Middleton. We know the experience with him can be up and down, and it usually always is every season, but let's remember what he did last year, and that certainly means that he can do it again this year. Um, So Chris Middleton, nice to see him playing well. Hopefully he keeps it up. Throughout the rest of March and uh, going into the playoffs, Bobby Portis had 23 points in the game as well in 32 minutes, nine for 17 from the field, four of eight from three, 15 rebounds, and three stocks for Bobby. Um, great game for him. I mean, Bobby has been fa- fairly consistent over the last month or so. Uh, I think he had one of his worst games of the season against the Suns, um, but he did rebound nicely uh, with an 18-point game against the Thunder again, and then 23 points against the Hawks, and um, only 12 against the Bulls. So over the last week, it's been you know two really good games for Bobby and two one one just okay game against the Bulls and, and one I'd say fairly bad game against the um, the Suns. But uh, Bobby Portis, you know, he, he feasts in these kind of games. Um, where, you know, we're playing a team who's not the best defensively and, uh, he's going to get a lot of open shots against a team like Atlanta because they've got to throw two guys at Giannis pretty much every possession that he has the ball in the paint because he just dominates them and they don't have any interior size to match up with him. So Bobby got a lot of open shots against the Hawks <clears throat> and he certainly wasn't shy, at uh, and letting it fly so four of eight from three is fantastic 15 boards really good stuff from Bobby uh, he's just been such a great player this year definitely having a better season than he did last year um, I mean he is playing more minutes since he's had to start pretty much all year but I think he's having a, a better season and uh, what a bargain that we got him on that contract two years nine million um, obviously he's going to decline that player option next year but Uh, Hopefully we can retain him and he'll be a buck for the future. So got to love what you're seeing from Bobby pretty much for the most part in every game. I mean, he's got some stinkers here and there, but another nice game from Bobby in this one Uh, drew holiday had a down game after he's been just lights out the last month or so Uh, 11 points for him, five for 17 from the field, one of four from three, Uh, he's been shooting the lights out from three. Uh, he did cool down a little bit against the thunder one for five from three in that game, but, uh, really good stuff against the suns four of five from three. He had a massive fourth quarter in that game. I think he had 17 points in the fourth quarter out of his 24 for the game. Uh, he certainly picked it up when Giannis was in foul trouble later on in that game. Uh, and and we had to see Chris and drew kind of take over like they did when Giannis got hurt in the Eastern Conference Finals last season. Uh, that was when Drew and Chris and Brooke as well just played super good basketball against the Hawks in games five and six to close them out to get to the finals. So we've seen them do it on the biggest stages, and uh, they, had to, they had to show out in that game against the Suns, even though they didn't have Devin Booker or Chris Paul, still a really, really good basketball team. Um, they just play well Their Deandre Ayton has had an outstanding season. He is morphing into a bucks killer, at least this regular season, uh, 30 points in the game on 14 for 19 from the field. Um, I mean, guys like campaign was just killing us 23 points. He had a great game. Um, but that's still a really good Suns team. They play hard. They're well coached. They wanted to get revenge on the bucks for beating them in that same building to win an NBA championship. So they were, they were motivated. And, uh, again, drew holiday was fantastic in that game. Uh, but he has been shooting the ball lights out, but it has cooled off a little bit. The last two games, as I mentioned. Um, so uh, I'm not going to get over-concerned about it. He's still shooting a career high from three, just a hair over 40%. Um, I think over his last, the last month or so before the Hawks game, he was shooting 49% from three. So, That just goes to show how elite Drew Holiday has been at shooting the basketball from three, uh, especially in the latter end of the season here. So not going to get concerned. Everyone has a down game or games here and there. So Drew Holiday, not his best, but I'm sure he'll be all right going forward. Grayson Allen coming back from the hip injury, played 28 minutes in the game, 11 points, four of nine from the field, three of seven from three, five rebounds, three assists, and one steal. I mean, Grayson was fine. He didn't really stick out or anything. And that's kind of uh, the the preconceived notion with him is that he just kind of doesn't stick out in a lot of ways. You know, if he's making shots, then yeah, he'll stick out. But I mean, he doesn't make a lot of like wow plays on either end of the ball. Um, I like that he gets to the basket and tries to, you know, create passes for other guys, get guys open shots when he's driving to the rim. Uh, that's something that you know, Dante DiVincenzo tried to do, but he would always just put up a layup that would never go in. So I like that Grayson attacks the basket and looks for shooters. Um, And his defense is fine. It's not great. I mean, you see at times where guys go after him and they try to pick on Grayson. And uh, that's why we don't see him closing a lot of games for the bucks, which is something that we're going to have to keep an eye on is like, what is this closing lineup going to be for the bucks in the playoffs? Uh, I don't think Grayson Allen's going to be in that, you know, we've seen Wesley Matthews slide into that spot a lot this regular season. I don't think he's the answer either, especially the the way he's shooting the ball right now or or lack thereof. Um, so I think it's going to be, you know, Giannis, Chris, Bob, uh, sorry, Giannis, Chris, Drew, um, and then, you know, maybe Brooke Lopez, uh, maybe Bobby Portis, but I would think it would be, Giannis, Chris, Drew, Pat Connaughton, and then it kind of depends on the matchup. If you're playing like a Philadelphia with a Joel Embiid, then yeah, you're going to need Brooke Lopez out there. But if you're playing a team like a Brooklyn, then I would consider throwing George Hill, even Javon Carter out there, um, just for more defense and, and some spot up shooting. Um, but it's, yeah, right now it's kind of been Wesley Matthews along with, um, the four other starters, Giannis, Chris, Drew, and Bobby. Uh, But again, something to monitor going into the playoffs because I don't know if we have quite figured out our closing rotation at this point. But again, it all depends on matchups. So um, Grayson Allen, still a very solid player. I think if he can get it going in the playoffs and make shots consistently this Bucks team is going to be extremely difficult to beat. So I think he could be a little bit of a needle mover if he really starts to play well. So let's hope that Grayson can start knocking down shots at a little bit better of a clip and uh, gear up for a long playoff run. Let's look at the bench here. The bench total in this game is pretty lackluster from a scoring perspective. Uh, 13 points for the bench, that is, that's not great. Uh, Jordan Wara and Wesley Matthews, led the pack with four points each Javon Carter had three and Serge Ibaka had two, Um, you know, not a whole lot to point out from the bench. We'll get to Javon Carter a little bit later. I think he's played fantastic for this bucks team. I mean, his on ball defense is just very, very good. He was giving Trey young problems. Um, I think he struggles with a little bit of speed, like a campaign on the Suns. I mean, he struggled with him a little bit, but, Um, overall, I mean, uh, Javon Carter has been fantastic since joining the Bucks. And I think he's exceeded pretty much everyone's expectations. I was more of a fan of Deandre Bembry coming to Milwaukee than Javon Carter, but I think Javon Carter has been leaps and bounds better than Deandre Bembry at this point. And that's not necessarily saying that Bembry has been bad. I don't think he's gotten a fair enough shake. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of minutes from Bembry and, uh, I don't think he's quite shown us everything that he can do uh, specifically on the offensive end. I think he's a good connector, off ball mover, a good screener, uh, a guy who can, you know, get to the basket at least cutting to the basket off ball. I just don't think he's done that a lot lately, but um, again, I don't think that we've seen enough of a sample size from Bembry to really judge his play at this point. So that's going to be something to monitor going forward. He only played two minutes against the Hawks. I mean, he's played more in some other games, 20 against the Thunder, but kind of a blowout there, Uh, only nine against the Suns. So again, in a closer game, not much DeAndre Bembry. And then he didn't play at all in the Bulls game. So, um, well, he got like less than a minute. It says zero minutes on the box score here, and he had a rebound. So less than a minute for Bembry against the Bulls. But again, I don't think we can fairly judge what he has done for this Bucks team at this point yet. So, um, but Javon Carter, man, he has been fantastic. He's shooting the ball fairly well from three, uh, one for two and for three against the Hawks against, uh, the thunder four for seven from three, 12 points in that game. Uh, that is fantastic. Um, that was against the thunder and then, um, against Suns use for one, whatever, and then two for three against the bulls. So the last four games, Javon Carter is shooting well above 50% from three. So, um, gotta like what you're seeing from him. I mean, just the defense and, and the the three point shooting. I mean, he is a stereotypical three and D type player. So adding one of those kind of a players at the buyout market is a huge win for Milwaukee. And I think he's got a chance to, to get, some solid playoff minutes. If he continues to play this well. Now, the one concern that I have with him is even though he's a really good on ball defender, he is undersized. He's only six, one. He's not like a Wesley Matthews who can guard up and guard multiple positions, positions. So, um, that's going to be something where if Javon Carter is getting switched onto, you know, bigger guys, I think he's going to have a hard time staying with them and just contesting shots because he's, not tall so uh, that would be my one concern with him going forward but hey Bucks fans got to be happy with the addition of Javon Carter because it again has exceeded our expectations um, and it's certainly helped because Wesley Matthews has been bad um, at least on the offensive end pretty much the last month um, probably even more than that he is can't he is struggling to hit shots from three Oh for three from three against the Hawks. Um, only played five minutes against the thunder. Didn't have a, th- a three point attempt in that one. Then he missed the sun's game and uh one for four from three against the bulls. But again, this is something that has been continuing even before the all-star break. So I don't know what's wrong with Wes. I know he had a, a little bit of, he's had a little bit of uh, injuries pop up. Um, he was out in the other game. I can't remember what the injury was. but And then he missed another game about a month ago when uh, he got hurt against the Kings in Viser Forum. Uh, that was late January, the same night the Packers lost to the 49ers. Um, so he, he's had a little bit of uh, injuries pop up um, over the last month or so, but I don't know what's going on with him. He had such a good start when he joined the Bucks. That game on Christmas Day against the Celtics, he was huge. Hit some big time threes in that game, um, and he just really looked solid. And I, we all kind of knew that the three point shooting wasn't going to last, but I didn't think it would drop this low. So uh, Wesley Matthews, sure, he still plays great defense, and that's been keeping him in games and in the rotation, but we got to keep an eye on how he's shooting going forward because uh, it's certainly been a concern. And uh, if he just can't knock down shots, I still think he can get situational playoff minutes, like in a series against the Nets. I think that's, you know, a guy that you're going to want to get out there just because of his defensive versatility. We saw him play really good defense earlier in the year against Kevin Durant. I think that's a guy that they would want to throw at him here and there in the playoffs uh, especially with no PJ Tucker on this roster. So I still think, again, situationally, he's going to be, be in the playoff rotation, but I certainly think there's situations where we're just not going to be able to play him because the his offense is just not there. So um, it's concerning. I hope that he can get it going here uh, to close out this regular season. But as of right now, we're stuck in a low with Wesley Matthews, and let's just hope that his three-point shooting uh regresses to the mean in, in a positive way so um we'll keep an eye on that one going forward two other guys on the bench that I want to discuss Serge Ibaka is the first one I think he's played a lot better over the last week um had some really nice scoring games against the Suns and the Thunder he had uh 14 against the Suns and 14 against the Thunder Uh, efficient shooting in both of those games, six of nine from the field against the Thunder, two of three from three, also seven boards in that game. And then against the Suns, he had 14 points and 10 boards, six for 10 from the field, one of two from three. Um, So I think Serge Ibaka is certainly starting to find his groove a little bit more offensively. Uh, Defensively, he's been solid, two blocks against against the Suns in that one uh, also two blocks against the thunder. So he's certainly still affecting shots at the rim and, and getting some blocks. But I think one thing that we have to realize with Serge Ibaka is that he's not the same player that he was, you know, back on, uh, in his days with the Raptors. And obviously when he was on the thunder, I mean, he was just starting his prime at that point. Um, but he's certainly not that player anymore. <clears throat> he doesn't have the lift, He doesn't have the athleticism. He just looks slower on the basketball court. And uh, it certainly, you know, takes away some of his versatility on the defensive end. But I still think he's good enough. He has good instincts. He's just a big body who can still jump and still affect shots at the rim. So I still think it was a worthwhile trade for the Bucs who, sure, they gave up Dante DiVincenzo. Um, that was really the only asset they gave up. I mean, obviously, O'Jale and Hood weren't giving you anything. So that was a positive just to get rid of those two chumps. Um, and, you know, sure, you give up Dante, who is a useful player, but was he really giving the Bucs that much? I don't think so, um, especially with his erratic offensive performances game in and game out. So I still think the Bucks come out on top in that trade. Uh, with acquiring a especially just in the regular season, you know, we needed a big body to, to fill in off the bench and, and uh, spell Bobby Portis, who has been pretty rough defensively most of the year. So uh, I still like that trade for Milwaukee. I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with surge in the playoffs. I think he's going to fall into a, a, uh, a similar spot to Wesley Matthews where it's going to be a situational for him. Like Teams against Philly with, you know, Embiid, I think that you're going to have to play Serge Ibaka in that series just to, you know, get some minutes against Embiid. Maybe pick up a couple fouls if guys like Brook Lopez or Giannis get into foul trouble guarding uh, Joel Embiid. So I think Serge Ibaka again, in certain matchups is going to be playable in the playoffs, uh, especially if he's giving you anything offensively. Um, and even in a series like against the nets, you know, I think he still has some value there. So I don't think he's going to get consistent rotational playoff minutes game in and game out, but I think he's going to get, he's going to play in more games than not, um, kind of similar to Bobby Portis last year, uh, where he was exiled from the rotation against the nets, but played big in the, in the finals. So I I don't know quite to expect um, with Serge in the playoffs and it kind of depends on how many minutes Brooke Lopez can play. I don't think he's going to be able to play his normal, you know, 30 minutes a game in the playoffs, at least right away. So um, maybe going forward, he'll get there if the Bucks can continue to advance in the playoffs. But again, big question mark for me is what is Serge's impact in the playoffs? I think it's situationally, but we'll have to wait and see there. Last guy that we want I want to discuss is Jordan Wara. Uh 12 point, he had a really nice game against the Suns. That was probably his best game of the year. And just in terms of total impact, he had 12 points in the game, five for 10 from the field, was one for six from three, but he closed that game for the Bucks because he played really well. Um, you know, obviously Wesley Matthews wasn't in that game. Um you know, they needed someone to fill that fifth spot. And uh, again, it was the starters and and it was uh, Wara filling in for Grayson Allen. So, um, and Serge Ibaka got some closing minutes too in that game for Bobby Portis as well after he was really struggling, but they did have to turn to Bobby when Giannis picked up his fifth foul later on in the game. But uh, Jordan Wara had his best game of the year for sure against the Suns. He followed that up with a fairly nice game against the... The Thunder. I mean, it's a typical Wara game. Eleven points on thirteen shots. That's not very efficient. But uh, he's starting to find his groove a little bit, which is just nice to see. Uh, he did start that game against the Thunder for Grayson Allen, who was out, um, which was interesting and it, it kind of made sense. You know, give the guy some opportunity, um, and he's he's getting there. He's he's playing better. I still don't think he's going to get any minutes in the playoffs. I don't know if he's going to be on this Bucks team next year. He's got a $2.3 million qualifying offer or somewhere in the $2 million range. I think the Bucs might pick that up just because it's a young guy who can give you minutes and it's cheap labor, you know, and it's a guy that, you know, you want to try and develop. And maybe they're going to give him one more year to see what he can do, especially in a year where the bucks are just, again, going to be very limited to acquire assets in the off season, just given the, the limited cap flexibility that they have. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Wara next year, if he's on this bucks team. Um, But it's nice to see him just play better. You know, I've been a Wara skeptic pretty much all year. I just don't love his game. Um, but he's showing some signs. I really like when he attacks the basket versus settling for just contested three pointers. Like he likes to do a lot. Um, and that's certainly what he did in that Suns game. You know, the three pointer wasn't falling for him. He was one for six from three, but um, from two, he was five for, he was uh, four for five. So um, he clearly knew that like, okay, I'm not making my threes tonight. Why don't I try and attack the basket? and uh, just make an impact that way and he certainly did that so uh, just seeing his decision making getting better is a big stepping stone for Wara because he does not make good decisions a lot of the time at least this season uh, and even last season so we're certainly seeing some improvement from Wara, which is great to see because it's been a roller coaster all year obviously the defense really isn't where it should be but I think he's showing some signs that he can at least improve marginally on that end of the court. So I am glad to say that I think Jordan Wara is getting a little bit better. And that's saying a lot coming for me because usually when he's out there, I'm like, all right, bud, get Jordan Wara out of this game. Like I can't take it anymore. So we'll see what happens with Wara going forward, but nice to see him play better. So that's kind of the review against the Hawks. And uh, I kind of touched on all the other games really this past week. Again, Bucks riding a six game win streak. And since we recorded last, the Bucs are four and oh, uh, they had the hardest remaining schedule, you know, at that point in time, after that heat game to close the season, you know, six wins in a row here, Bucks beating Charlotte, Miami, Chicago on the road, Phoenix, Oklahoma city on the road and Atlanta some really nice wins, uh, obviously against, especially against the heat, the bulls and the suns, uh, against three really good teams, but it's, it's just great to see the bucks pick up some wins, just solidify their spot in the standings. And, uh, hopefully can continue with this momentum to close the regular season and, uh, secure a top three spot in the East and and get ready for a tough playoff run. Uh, looking at the standings here. Now the bucks are sitting at the two seed, which we haven't seen uh, in a long time. I think they were only at that point, maybe once earlier on in the year, bucks 42 and 25, 17 games over 500. Uh, they're a half game ahead of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, but the 76ers have played three less games than the Bucks, So, um, if they would win their next game, then they would end up being the two seed and the bucks would be the three. So pretty much jockeying with the 76ers for the two and three seed at this point, Miami still sits at number one, they're 44 and 23. They just lost to the Phoenix suns. um, Pretty convincingly Uh, Devin Booker did return in that game, but they lost by 21. So tough loss for the heat there. Uh, The bulls have been on a slide as of late Uh, prior to beating the, Pistons on Wednesday, they lost four in a row. Um, so the bulls have been struggling. They were kind of sitting around one or two in the East pretty much all year, but now they're fourth at 40 and 26, uh, one and a half games behind the bucks. And obviously the bucks have beat them twice this year. So if they can beat them one out of two times, uh, and their last, they play them two more times. So if they beat them, one of those two times, they'll have the tiebreaker over the bulls uh, in the standing so bulls sitting at the four seed the celtics are at the five they have been surging um really since the new year they're the hottest team in basketball 40 and 27 two games back from the bucks uh the bucks have lost to the celtics both times so they only play them one more time that means that the the celtics have the tiebreaker over the bucks so uh hopefully we don't slide to that point where uh we would end up being behind the celtics if we're tied but They are certainly the hottest team in basketball. Jason Tatum has been absolutely outstanding. I still think he's better than Devin Booker. I made that statement on Give Me a Buck podcast last year. I still think he's better. I'm not shying down from that, especially now when he just exploded against uh, the the Nets on Sunday with a 54-point game. He had 44 against Charlotte on on Wednesday, so Celtics are, are looking really good. Um, and then Cleveland is sitting at the sixth seed at 38 and 27. Uh, they've lost six of their last nine games. So they're certainly falling down the standings as well. They've been hovering around the four seed, five seed pretty much all year as well. So the Bulls and the Cavs are trending down. The Bucks and the 76ers and the and the Celtics are certainly trending up. Um and also big news with the Cavs is that Jared Allen broke one of his fingers and is going to be out indefinitely. So that's a big-time loss for the Cavs. Obviously, he was an all-star this season, and he's had a really, really good te- uh, year for the Cavs, the anchor of that defense. So that's a big loss for them if he's going to miss the rest of the regular season and potentially some playoff uh, games as well. So Cavs are, are trending down for sure. But they're three games back from the Bucks. Uh, only two games back in the loss column. So still really congested from, you know, the two seed to the six seed is only separated by two losses. So if the bucks, you know, go on a slide, they're going to fall down the standings. So let's hope that that doesn't happen. Looking at the play in the the seven seed is the Raptors at 34 and 30 nets are 33 and 33 at the eight seed, nine seed Charlotte 32 and 25. And then you have hawks at the 10 seed 31 and 34 so i know i've kind of hinted at this at various points of the season that there's definitely a chance that the bucks could go and fall into the playing tournament i will just say right now that's not happening you know i feared it it was a possibility even a couple weeks ago um, when the bucks were you know at the five seed coming out of the all-star break but i mean winning six in a row they're just looking outstanding right now and, and they're not going to fall into the playing tournament. Um, it looks like at this point, the top three is where they're going to end up, but you never know how this regular season is going to close out. So um, I think a sweet spot for the bucks really would be that three seed, you know, you'd be looking at a Cleveland or maybe a Chicago or maybe a Toronto, not nah, probably not Toronto. It'd probably be Cleveland or Chicago in that, uh, that six seed. And, uh, you know, that would be a nice matchup for the Bucs. Obviously, they're going to have to beat a lot of great teams if they want to get back to the finals. So it's really a horse apiece, but I don't want the Bucs being a top two seed because I don't want to play Brooklyn in the first round. And that certainly could happen. The Brooklyn Nets are going to be in the play-in tournament. They have 16 games left. They're five and a half games back from the six-seeded Cavs who are out the first team not in the play-in tournament. I don't think they're going to catch them. I really don't. I mean, Kyrie Irving is still not playing home games. Uh, ben Simmons is still not playing. I mean, they're going to be, they're not going to be able to, to win enough games in my opinion, to to get out of the play in tournament. So if they would win that seven, eight play and play in tournament matchup and be the seven seed and the bucks are the two, like, yeah, we saw them beat the nets last year, but like, I don't want to play Kevin Durant in the first round. No one does. It's just, that is a ridiculously tough matchup. So For me, the sweet spot in the the standings for the Bucs is a three seed. And I think that's probably where they're going to end up. Philly just looks fantastic right now. I think they're going to win a lot of games uh, and probably end up at the two. And Miami's probably looking like they'll be the one seed. Um, So you never want to just wish for a certain seed or anything like that. But I'm hoping the Bucs end up at the three because I think their path will just be a little bit more favorable, most likely not having to play Brooklyn in round one. So that's what the uh, Eastern Conference standings is looking like at this point in time. We will continue to monitor that every single episode to see where the Bucks fall in the standings. So now let's do a quick preview of the upcoming schedule before we record next. The Bucks have a four-game Western Conference road trip, um, starting with Golden State on Saturday, followed by Utah on Monday, Sacramento on Wednesday. So I will be recording uh, probably before that game. Cause uh, that's a late one. So I might not record after it. So I might just record after the, the next two games, but we'll figure that one out. Uh, it'll still be up Thursday morning at the same time as always. And then Saturday, the 19th at Minnesota to close out that four game road trip. Um, so, you know, some solid teams, obviously golden state has a really good record still, but they have been sliding they've really struggled as of late Draymond Green is going to miss that game he's targeting a, a return on Monday the 14th so the game after we play the Bucks. so I'm not mad about that I hope the Bucs can beat the Warriors just to continue that win streak and then will the Bucks be able to beat Utah in Utah they haven't won in Utah in 20 plus years it's been a roller coaster out there um in Salt Lake city. Let's hope the bucks can break that streak, but Utah's playing really well. I'm not expecting the bucks to win that game. If there is a game that they're going to, they're going to blow to, um, to end this, this winning streak. I think it'll be against Utah. I think they get it done against golden state, but we'll see what happens. And then Wednesday against Sacramento, that's gotta be a win. And then Saturday, uh, the 19th against Minnesota, that's a good team. Um, I mean, they're frisky. They got a really nice young core in, in Carl Anthony Towns and in Anthony Edwards. Um, I mean, sure, the Bucs should obviously still beat them, but I don't, I'm not gonna pencil that one as in, in as a win. So uh, let's hope for three and one as a minimum for the Bucs against the or in that four-game road trip and uh close the season out here strong. So now let's end the podcast with who's up and who's down for the week. I've got three players up and one player down, actually four players up. Um, We'll start with the two obvious ones, Giannis and Chris. I mean, they've both been fantastic. Giannis, again, 43 against the Hawks, 39 against the Thunder, 34 against the Bulls. That does it all for me right there. And Chris Middleton, that 44 point game against the Suns was a big factor in him being in the up section this week. Um, But the other games this week, I mean, 22 against the bulls, 25 against the thunder and uh, 23 against the Hawks. So all of those four games, Chris Middleton was 23 points or more. And he is certainly starting to look like the vintage Chris Middleton that we all know and love. The next two are going to be some bench guys. I'll go with Serge Ibaka for one of those. I think that's a little bit of a on the fence pick, but I just think that he's starting to find his groove a little bit. You know, it helped that he had a double-double against the Suns with 14 and 10, also a 14-point game against the Thunder, but two blocks in each of those games as well. I think he's starting to find his groove, and he's starting to look better on the offensive end, and he's making some plays defensively. Also, two steals against the Hawks, so I'm going to put Serge Ibaka in the up section because I think he really struggled the week before that, so I think he's deserving of it. And the other guy in the up section is the most recent addition to this Bucks roster. And that's Javon Carter. I love what I'm seeing from Carter. I think he deserves more minutes. Uh, eight points against the Bulls on two of three from three. Against the Suns, uh, didn't have any points, but he only took one shot. Thunder, he had his best scoring game of the year with uh, 12 points, four of seven from three. And then against the Hawks, he had just three points on one of two from three. And we all know what he does on the defensive end, really good stuff against Trey Young. We've seen him also play really good defense since he's been on the Milwaukee Bucks, especially at that point of attack against some good point guards, like a Kyrie Irving, a Trey Young, a Shea Gilgis Alexander. So I just love what I'm seeing from Carter. He has easily exceeded my expectations and I'm excited to see what he's going to do going forward. And I think he has a chance to be in the consistent rotation in the playoffs given the way that he's playing. So Javon Carter is the last one. That's going to be up for me this week and just one guy in the down section. It's gotta be Wesley Matthews. Um, his three point shooting has really fell off over the last month or so. And, uh, sure. He's giving you a nice defense, but he's been a net negative on offense. And I think that's getting deserving of him being in the who's down section. So, um, Again, who's up? I got Giannis, Chris, Javon Carter, and Sir Jabaka, and who's down? Wesley Matthews. So that's all I've got for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Again, please make sure to follow me on Twitter on at Downtown underscore Brown. You can find the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe on those platforms, and if you feel so inclined to do so, please leave me a five star review. That would mean a lot to me. Uh, I appreciate everyone checking it out, and as always go bucks